We greet you this morning in the precious name of Jesus. The one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The one that says, I am the bread of heaven, I am also the bread of life. The one who said in St. John chapter 7, if any man thirst, let him come to me. Says he stood in that last day of the feast when water more likely was very scarce. He sees the opportunity. He says, come and drink. Then he says, Father, in the next verse, he that believeth on me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Not stale water, not stagnant water, not water that is not good to drink, not water that does minister to the needs of people, but living water is water that meets the needs of those that God brings into our lives. May he be that water, that bread of life to us as we're gathered here during this time. I want to take first this opportunity to thank the brethren and all of those who labored in behalf of bringing these meetings to a reality. There's a lot of work behind the scenes, a lot of endeavors, tremendous amount of phone calls. And God bless you for those labors that maybe sometimes are unknown, unrecognized and behind the scenes, but they're not unknown and unrecognized by our God. God bless you for those efforts and those endeavors that you have put forth. Also, may the blessing of the Lord be upon each one that is here. May it be for your good. While we are here to worship together. And as Brother Dale just said, yes, we can worship and we must. But if we cannot serve, something is missing. So when these meetings are over, which they shortly will be, Lord willing, and we will get into our vehicles and we will travel back to our communities and our homes and our congregations. May we come to worship, but may we leave to serve. Thank you for your prayers on our behalf this morning. I have sensed in a great way the effect of the prayers that were offered on our behalf. We are grateful and indebted to you for that. The Bible tells us many things about the Bible. And I appreciate the theme very much this weekend. The Word of God and the message this morning, the power of the spoken Word. Scripture says, Thy Word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. That means it's not going to change. And isn't that a consolation this morning? To know that the same word of God that was given to those of many years before us, and if time tarries to those after us, that same unchanged, inerrant word remains immutable, unchangeable the same. It also means that God's not going to make exceptions to his word for anyone. It's forever settled 
People change. Churches change. Worship changes. Nations change. God's word never changes. It's forever the same. What a theme. Bless the word of God. The Bible says, the flower of the field, it passes away and the grass thereof, but the word of the Lord shall endure forever. Jesus says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. All the things in this earth that God created in the beginning, all the things that he's given man, the wisdom and abilities, the scientific research technologies to build and to create is phenomenal. But the scripture says it's going to pass away. All those huge inventions of man is going to pass away with a great noise, Peter tells us. But the word of the Lord shall never, never pass away. What a foundation. What a stability. What security. So as we come here this time, this weekend, I believe it is the intent of those who delegate these meetings that we would come and see our need before God and let him meet that need. And we all have needs. The other six brethren in our prayer group last night, I told them that probably not one of them is half as old as I am. But I told them, don't you worry about me. I want you to just feel at home and relax because I want you to know I have just as many needs as you have and maybe I have more. And we see ourselves in the light of God. And the older we grow and the closer we get to the light, the more we see how little we really know, how much we really need him. And tonight or this morning, our needs probably vary. I told them, young brethren, I need humility. I need a heart of humility. I told them I need a passion for lost souls. I let so many opportunities slip by. And there's nothing spoken, nothing done to make a difference in someone's life. Maybe your needs all vary. Some of us maybe are suffering from rough circumstances that we've been through. Difficult times, trying times, hard times, suffering from rejection, hurts, bitterness, suffering from many things. But Jesus, through his word, is able to meet those needs. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, we understand by faith that it says there, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And that's the first thing we want to think about this morning, Genesis chapter 1. Won't spend a lot of time in it, but we want to point out the emphasis of the power of God's word as he spoke this universe into existence. Ten times in Genesis chapter 1, we find this phrase, and God said, let there be light. 
and there was light. Let there be a firmament, and there was a firmament. Let there be trees, let there be waters, let there be fishes, and on and on. All six days of creation. Simply by the power. The word power means effect. When God speaks, something happens. And that's what he wants to happen in our lives just now. He wants to speak that truth into our hearts and lives. And there was a tremendous change and transformation took place in Genesis chapter 1. <coughs> a glass of water would be appreciated. The scripture says the earth before he spoke those words was void. Says it was without form. Scripture says darkness prevailed over the face of the deep. But when God was finished six days later, there was a beautiful universe as the effect and the power of his spoken word. And so, man like the earth is the same. Without the spoken word of truth into our hearts, we are void, which means undistinguishable emptiness. We are without form, and we live in darkness. But beloved, when the truth of God's word enters our hearts by faith, Faith cometh by hearing, Romans says, and hearing by the word of God. When faith receives in belief the word of truth, that has power to change us just like it did this universe. We who were empty and useless, good for nothing, sinful at the core, carnal by nature. (coughs) The power of the spoken word of God changes, transforms, regenerates us into new creations in Christ Jesus. Praise God for the power of his spoken word. God also spoke throughout the Old Testament with power and truth into the hearts of his people. He told Abraham, he called unto Abraham and he said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. (coughs) And he went on to tell Abraham, if you do that, if you allow the power of that spoken word, if you embrace my truth in a heart of faith and obedience, I'm going to make you a nation unlike any nation in this whole world. And it says, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So, brethren and sisters, the spoken word is one thing. The hearing of the spoken word is another thing. But a heart of faith and obedience is another thing. That's what makes the difference. (coughs) Later in the book of Genesis, we find that God spoke to Moses. There in Mount Sinai, where he introduced the law of the first covenant And Moses said 
as the Hebrew writer writes, so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. In fact, the whole mountain shook. <coughs> and I'd like to read those verses of that account in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 at this time. This is the power of the spoken word of God in Mount Sinai. Verse 18. For you are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard and treated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And as so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned to thrust through with the dark. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But ye, beloved, under the second covenant, under the new covenant, ye are not come to that mountain where God's power and his voice spoke with authority. You're coming to Mount Zion. And under the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, (coughs) to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, Sometimes man puts a lot of uh, emphasis on his church and his church name. And I'm not saying that's wrong to do. I remember 40 years ago as a newborn babe in Christ, two of us brethren probably had more zeal than we did wisdom. And we went into the streets of Reading and we walked into a building and we asked the man in charge of that mission if we could have a service in that mission. We were really unorthodox, unordained. We want to go in there and preach to those people that would come and listen to their church service before they fed them a meal in that mission. And this old fella come out of his office smoking a big cigar and rolling this thing around in his mouth. And he eyed us up. And he said, what church are you from? And this is a verse that the Lord put in my mouth. I says, well, the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven. Went like that. He looked at the brother that stood beside me. He says, and what are you going to preach? He said, we're going to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. All right, he says, do it. And we did it. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. And to God, (coughs) the judge of all. And the spirits of just men made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. The spoken word of God has power. But brethren, may God open our hearts to receive and not refuse the word that is spoken. For if they escape not, who refuse not him that spake on earth, much more under the new covenant shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. So I trust you look beyond me this morning. I trust you would look to him that speaketh from heaven and don't refuse the word, but receive it. And I believe that's what you're here for. God bless you as you receive the spoken word of truth. The Bible says God's voice is powerful. Almost the entire chapter of Psalms chapter 29 
talks nearly in every verse about the effect and the power of the voice of God. But for the sake of time, we won't read that. Psalms, it says over there in 46.6, does say, He uttered his voice and the earth melted. After all, he that said, let there be a universe, can also cause that same universe by that same power of his word to simply go to nothing and melt like wax before the fire. (coughs) We find the voice of God and the power of that voice in the New Testament. I'm thinking of two different occasions at this time. The one is St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 20. It says, uh, Peter and James and John went with Christ into the Mount of Transfiguration, and they heard the voice of God. Another place, in Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, when John the Baptist took Jesus down into Jordan's water and baptized him there, the same voice was heard, and the voice was, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And it says, some that stood by said that it thundered. That was the kind of impact and effect the voice of God had as it was uttered, blessing this anointed, begotten son of his as he begins his earthly ministry here in the flesh. Hebrews chapter 1, the first four verses. We'd like to look at that briefly. God who at sundry times or at several occasions and in divers manners, or we would use the word different ways, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Now I just quoted some scripture where God literally spoke. (coughs) But often God chose a man that was called a prophet in the Old Testament to convey and to speak the truth of God into the hearts of his people. And as we read in the Old Testament, both the major and the minor prophets, you find this little phrase coming up over and over again. And the word of the Lord came unto Malachi. And the word of the Lord came unto Isaiah. And the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah. And on and on. That's what that verse is saying. God spoke to them in that air, in that covenant, through his prophets. Hath, verse 2 says, in these last days, spoken unto us by his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he hath made the worlds. (coughs) And 1 John chapter 1 says, He made all things, and without him was nothing made that was made. He was there, for God says in the plural, when he made man, let us make man in our own image. Christ was there with the Father from the beginning of eternity, which has no beginning, from all eternity, I should say. Who being the brightness of his glory. Now, brethren, if we had time, we'd like to think about the brightness of the glory of God. We find numerous occasions in Scripture where people had certain levels of observances or interactions with the brightness of the glory of God. And on most occasions, they fell flat on their face, prostrate before him. 
They couldn't stand it. But Jesus is the brightness of the excellency and the power and the glory of his Father, our God. (coughs) And the express or the exact image of his person, he is God. Brother Dale just read John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is God. One skeptic teacher was teaching his class and said Jesus was not the Son of God. They tried not to accredit deity to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why many of your versions leave the word begotten Son of God out. Because it, it deteriorates the deity of Jesus Christ. And one of his pupils said, sir, it don't matter how you say it, it's still the same. He says, no, Jesus wasn't God. He was just a good man. Okay, he said, well, read it your way then. In the beginning was the good man, and the good man was with God, and the good man was God. It still means the same thing. He was the express image of God. And you know there's a scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. You probably all know it. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord. To them who are the called <coughs> according to his purpose. But verse 29 we don't hear as often quoted as a favorite of folks. And that verse says that God predestinated us to be conformed to the image of his son. That's God's will for you. As he bore the express image of his father, so we are bear, to bear the express image of Jesus Christ. If there's anything I desire from these meetings, when I leave, that I'm more like Jesus than when I came. I believe that's the truest mark of spirituality that's real and genuine, that we could be more like Jesus, more like his expressed image as he was of God. Upholding all things by the word of his power. Our title this morning is the power of the word, but here it's, The other way around, the word (coughs) of his power. Brothers and sisters, God's word has power. There's a little note I stuck in my Bible and I brought it along, but I don't know what became of it. I'd like to share some of those verses with you on that little note. And I'll probably find it here like I normally do until we get through with something like this. We hear and we've heard already much about the name of God in these meetings, the short time we've been here. And you know, the Bible, the word of God has tremendous power and verses of scripture that ascribe to the name of our God. I have a couple of those scriptures jotted down here. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. Let us exalt His name together. Praise God we can come together and exalt his name. And we should do it when we're by ourselves as well. When we're out there in the rigor of life. But let's exalt his name together. Give unto the Lord. Our brother read that from Psalms 96 this morning. The glory to his name. There is no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. (coughs) His name shall endure forever. Holy and reverent is his name. That's the name of our God. 
But there's a verse of scripture, and I'll never forget the first time I read it. It struck me like a bolt of lightning. My brother talked about the word jumping out of the page. That's what it did to me that day. It's Psalms 138. I want you to note this verse. Psalms 138 verse 2 says, Thou, the psalmist speaking of God, not of himself, Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Hallelujah to the word of God. He's magnified his word above all his name. So when we read verses that ascribe to the greatness of the name of our eternal good God, remember his word is magnified yet higher than that. That's what it means. He says he upholding all things by the word of his power. And this glorious son, this only begotten son of his, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God on high. The brightness and the excellency of our God. Now I'd like to just look at some of the words of Jesus Christ. We gave you some verses of scripture that talked about God's voice and the power of that spoken word. But while Christ was upon this earth, he spoke the word of God and he spoke it with authority. It says he returned out of the wilderness in the power of the spirit and he spoke the word with power. And it compared his teaching to that of the scribes and Pharisees. It says he did not teach and preach like them, but he spoke as one having authority. God's spoken word is powerful because it has authority, because it is truth, and because it is the word of God. That's what makes a difference. In the making of many books, there is no end. One wonders if the wise man wrote that in his day, what they would write today if they were in our generation. But of all those books and all the writings and the sayings and the, and the, the uh, speakings of man, none of them can ascribe to the truth and the power and the authority and the clarity and the certainty that God's word has when it's spoken. And we want to look at some of those verses that Christ spoke while here on earth into the hearts and lives of men and women. He spoke truth into their hearts. And as we end this message this morning, I want you to get that thought. That is my desire because that's where I feel is one of my greatest needs is to speak truth into the lives of others. As Brother Dale said, before we can publish that and do that, we must receive it ourselves. You're here to receive. May you go home and speak truth into those that God brings into your life. (coughs) What we find the Gospels, much of them is the words of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 2, he went up into a mount, and when he was set, his disciples come unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, he opened his mouth and uttered the spoken word of God, which is truth into the lives of the people right there before him. And the glorious truth is, those words of truth still speak truth into the hearts and lives of men and women who are dark and void and empty and useless in this world, without God and without hope, living why they don't know many of them. 
searching for what a lot of them don't know. But there's a void in there. There's a vacuum. And they're looking. And they're searching. And they're, they're waiting. And brothers and sisters, the devil has many counterfeits. Indeed he does. He has many deceits and many other things. He speaks into the hearts and lives of people whereby they are deceived. But may you seize the opportunity in every occurrence God brings into your life. As one brother said, he said it this way. Every time you meet a person, remember it is a divine encounter. Because it is two human beings that have an eternal soul that shall never die. And when you meet someone and then you part, you each have an impression of that other person. Now, sometimes that impression is very minimal. Sometimes that impression is, is almost nothing and we forget the person uh, five minutes after we've met them. Maybe you're traveling in a different state and you pull into a, a service area to fill your vehicle with gas and across from your pump is someone else. And maybe you say hello or good morning and bid them a time of day and they leave and you leave and that's the first and last you'll ever meet them again. But remember that person on the other side of the pump has a soul just like you do. And whether it's someone that brings a delivery to your, your house, whether it's the person putting the ba- groceries in the bag at the checkout counter, whoever they may be, it's a divine encounter and you do leave an impression. And most times, The greatest impression that is left is by the words that we say. And it is said, the second thing that most impresses people is the clothes that we wear. But let's remember, in those opportunities, be they ever so little, be they ever so short, to speak truth into their lives. These words that Christ spoke into our lives, let's speak them into their lives. For that spoken word has power. Yes, we have not only all the Sermon on the Mount, but all the spoken word of Christ in the four Gospels. And that truth that he spoke then has power yet today, just as it does then, and it always will. Jesus said many things in life while he was here. He said to the disciples, first of all, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And the power of that word changed their lives the rest of their days on earth. It says they dropped their nets. It says Matthew left all at the receipt of customs and he rose up and immediately followed Jesus Christ. He said, come follow me. And then later he says, I'll make you fishers of men. Those are the spoken words of truth. Is there someone here this morning that needs to hear that word of truth? Come follow me. Maybe you used to follow him or maybe it's cold. Maybe it's dark. Maybe something has intervened. Maybe you're in one of them lows. Maybe you're like the pendulum on the clock. And I believe every one of us can identify with this in life's experience. We all hoover to and fro in life. But ultimately and eternally, we will either go one way or we will go the other. Ultimately, we will either serve Christ and we will live for God and we will go to glory. Or ultimately, we will serve self and live for Satan and go to hell. For someone here needs to hear that voice this morning, follow me. You follow him. If you follow him and you need something to do, let him make you fishers of men. Jesus said in Matthew sixteen eighteen, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's a spoken powerful word and the truth of Jesus Christ. 
Marvel not, he said to Nicodemus, they come sneaking around through the streets at nighttime to hear the truth. He says, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. That's the truth. Christ spake to that man. Matthew or John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, all included, none excluded, whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Luke chapter 4 verse 8. Jesus said, and may you and I speak the same word, not only to people, but to Satan. He says, get behind me, Satan. And brothers and sisters, let's know the Bible. Let's know God's word. Let's have it ingrained within us so we can speak that truth to Satan when he comes to tempt us like he did Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Praise God for such beautiful scriptures. Jesus says, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Jesus said on the cross, maybe some of the last words of truth that he spoke into the lives of someone. Imagine with me, if you would, the thieves hanging by his side. And that one thief heard those words from immortal lips. We sing the song, it's a beautiful hymn, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. I believe the hymn writer could have changed those words just a bit. And he could have write it this way. I hang amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. And he said, Lord, remember me. And thou comest in my kingdom. And Jesus spoke those words of eternal life into his heart. The power of that spoken word changed that thief's destiny. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Could that be the first soul that believed in the shed blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness and pardon of his sin? While the blood was still not altogether finished, still dripping to the ground, hanging there in his presence, Jesus uttered those words, today you're going to be with me. Brothers, that's eternal life. That is eternal life. But if we're not going to be with him, it's eternal death. Indeed it is. Jesus said to Zacchaeus, this day salvation has come into thy house changed that man and changed the people around him when he took the money and knocked on their doors and said I'm here uh, I'm the tax collector yeah we know you what do you want more money again no I'm here to give you money this time can you imagine the power of the spoken word today salvation has come to this house the spoken word of truth changed and transformed that man Zacchaeus that notorious uh, publican who was hated both by his countrymen because he betrayed them and took money from them and gave to the Romans. And they normally had such a reputation that they were dishonest. And that's probably why he got so much of his money. Because when salvation came, he said, I'm going to give it back. By taking $100, I'm going to give 100 back. Is that what he said? What did he say? Fourfold. I overcharged you $100. I really wasn't entitled to do it. But I did it. Here's 400. Why are you doing this? Did you ever hear of one called Jesus? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, we heard about him. I just want you to know that man changed my life. His spoken word of truth 
transform my life. And I want peace with God. I want to live right. Here's your $400. Enjoy. What do you think he said to his wife? That's sure different. That's what God's word does. It makes a difference in people's lives. The woman who was bound for 18 years, stooped over, couldn't get up. Jesus says, woman, thou art loosed from thy infirmity. And she stood up for the first in 18 years. What a transformation. He said to the man, legion, who dwelt in the tombs, he said, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And it says they come out to see this man. And it says when they saw him clothed and sitting at the feet of Jesus, they were afraid of him and asked Jesus to depart from their coast. And when he departed, legion, which was his name because of the many devils he inhabited, asked Jesus to go with him on the boat. He wanted to be at these meetings too. He wanted to get in on this glory. But what did Jesus say to him? Go home to thy friends and tell them, published, Brother Dale said in the opening, tell them what great things the Lord hath done for thee and has had compassion on thee. And it says he did it. And he published throughout all his regions what great things the Lord hath done. And many others became believers. And I'm convinced there's more don't become believers because we do not publish what great things the Lord hath done for us. We're just not free to communicate and speak truth into other people's hearts as we ought to be. Now Peter, on the day of Pentecost, stood up with the eleven and he boldly spoke the word of truth with power, it says. It's not too many chapters. We find them locked behind closed doors in the upper room. They were scared of what was going on. They were saddened. They felt uh, left. They felt lonely. But after the power of the Holy Ghost anointed Peter, it says in Acts chapter 2, he stood up and he preached unto them. And he told them to repent and be baptized, every one of you, uh, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the promise is unto you and unto your children and to as many as the Lord our God with, shall call. And then it says, and with many other words did he exhort them, saying, save yourself from this untoward or perverse or crooked or backward generation. Save yourself from it. That was his word. And 3,000 souls had the truth of God spoken into their hearts. What power it had on them. Not too many chapters later, it says they apprehended the apostles and they put them in prison. The angel of the Lord come in there and he opened the doors of prison. What did he tell them to go and what did he tell them to do? Go back and get your nets and start fishing again. Is that what he told them to do? He says, you go and you stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Peter could have said, well, that's the very reason we got put in here. We'll just end up in here again. And he did. And God delivered him again. Yes, he did. The power of the spoken word. God wants us to do that. It says early in the morning they went into the temple. And then a little bit later in Acts, we find Philip, the deacon, or the evangelist. We find him there joining himself to a chariot. And there happened to be a man in there from, from, uh, from the queen of Ethiopia. And he was coming back from Jerusalem, worshiping there, and he was reading... And the Spirit told Philip to, to join himself with this chariot. And he did. And he asked the man, understand this, what thou readest? He says, how can I accept some man teach me? And he got up in the chariot. Brethren and sisters, sometimes you got to get off of your comfort zones and limits and get in the seat beside them and speak to them the truth into their hearts. He did it. Philip didn't say, well, 
I'm not very versed. I'm not sure I know how to do this. Uh, maybe I better go online and check here, see what for credentials I'm going to need. I mean, this is a very important man. This isn't just some little nobody out here in the desert. This isn't some wonder or vagabond or tramp. Not at all. This, I mean, he, he's got the, the charge of the treasure of the queen. I mean, I better really use a lot of uh, uh, impressive words, and I better, uh, I better Google in on this man and find out who he is, for, so I know how to appropriately speak to this man. Now, I'm not saying God can't use any of those things. Philip didn't have a lot of things that we have, but I'd like to say Philip had something a lot of us don't have. He had what is said in Romans chapter 10, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. And it says he got into the chariot and what did he do? Beginning at the same scripture, he preached unto him, Jesus, hallelujah. And the man's heart was transformed. The light of the power of the spoken word of truth changed that man right there in the chariot seat. Maybe it'll be an airplane seat for you or a car seat or maybe a bench in a park. Or somewhere else while you're riding on a bus. Speak the truth of God's word into people's hearts. And the man became a candidate for baptism. And they took him down and baptized him. And they both went on their way rejoicing because the truth of God made the difference in their lives. And now to us here. We spoke about God's spoken word and he had power. We spoke about the spoken word of the prophets and of Christ and the apostles, those in scripture. Now what about us? What about me this morning? That's who we want to talk to. Maybe we should use more of this time to emphasize this part. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, this is a beautiful revelation. Verse 16. And there's two places in the book of Hebrews. This verse is mentioned. And at both places, they are exact the same with one exception. There is two words reversed. And that is this. Hebrews 10, 16 says, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And the preceding verses talks about the new covenant. Under this covenant you are I in, this is how God's word is received into our hearts. He says, I'm going to put it. Faith comes to the hearing, hearing by the word of God. It could be in some other ways. I'll give you the experience of my father-in-law. He was an orphan boy. His mother died at three when he was three. His father was a drunk, did not care for the children. So the five children were put among the family. During the Depression days, it was tight. It was tough. There was no room for him. (coughs) So they took him to an orphanage. And there's where he lived for 10 years, from age 6 to 16. When he was 16, he got put out to work on a farm. He had very little education. He could barely read. I think he says he went through three grades in school. He married a, a girl from Lancaster County. And he lived near Leola in Lancaster County, and he worked at Black & Decker machine in Lancaster, where they made radar arm saws in those days. And while he was working in there, another fellow machinist sold him a chest of machinist tools, and he bought them and took them. And sometime after this, he pulled one of the drawers all the way out, and the very back of that drawer was a little New Testament. And he didn't like that book. But he says, a voice said to him, Pick it up and read what's in it. But he slammed the door door shut. Well, this happened repeatedly, again and again. This kept happening. He was a very popular man in the shop. 
He was a good ball player, a big ball player. He was liked. Not only was he liked when he was in the world with his, his comrades and contemporaries, but he was loved by the church after he was converted. Brother Dale met him. His name is Pop Byler. We all call him Pop. That was his name. So this is what he did. So the other people <coughs> wouldn't see him reading the Bible. He took this two testament, he stuck it in his pocket, and when he would go to use the restroom, he'd get this Bible out, and there he began to read the New Testament. And that's where he learned to read, by reading the New Testament. But do you know what? This word, not the spoken word, the written word, and we have a brother having a message on that, I believe, here tomorrow or sometime later. That word began to change his heart, little by little. He said, I would sit in there and the tears would just roll down over my cheeks. But he says, Don't him one day he cried out for mercy, I'm a new creature. I've been changed. And not knowing it, not wanting to tell his wife, same thing was going on in her life, her not wanting to tell him. They didn't want to tell each other, but at last they both were converted and changed and transformed by the word of God. Yes, they were. Pop, as we called him, his name was Paul, had the greatest effect of witnessing to people of any one person I've ever met in my life. I've never met a person since, not even one that comes close, to be able to walk into a store, to be able to walk up to a new man he never met and simply speak truth into their hearts. And I tell you, in a moment's time, almost every one of them would be crying. I mean, it just, it just melted them down. He had a way, he had a big, deep voice, he had a big, long beard, and he was tall. He'd put his arms around these men. I mean, some of them were Mennonites of the most starchiest flavor, but it wasn't long. I tell you, they just, they just melted. He taught me how to live, and I also watched him die. My prayer was, oh, God, I could have his man on me, like Elisha requested from Elisha when he left, that I could have that kind of an effect on people's lives. That's what God wants to do for you in these meetings, and that clock is one of my worst enemies here. We have so much more we'd have loved to say. But i just like to say, in James chapter 1, it says, Receive the engrafted word. Let God put these laws into your hearts. The other verse says, Into your minds. And, and, and the word hearts and minds are reversed. But it means the same. So that you have it within. And you can speak the truth into your children. Yes, even those little babes you hold. Mothers, as you nurse them and hold them. Speak truth to them like you and Lois did into Timothy's life. And it made a man of God out of him. It changed him, that spoken word of truth. Young brother and his wife just recently had a baby in our congregation, and he gave me this testimony. He said, we'd be laying in bed at night, and I'd have my hand over on her bosom. And he says, when I would sing, there was response in her bosom to that voice of singing. When I would sing in the bed, I'd sing a hymn. He said, there was response there every time. Brothers and sisters, parents, don't overlook that opportunity. Maybe you think, well, they don't understand. They can't hear. Speak truth into their hearts so that they are equipped against those who will speak, speak falseness into their lives later in life. As we leave this place, as we think about the spoken word of truth, it's God's will, brothers and sisters, that we speak the word of God, which is quick and sharp and powerful. Read God's word much. Memorize it. Fill your mind with it. Read it aloud. 
Write it down. Post it. Put it on walls and signs. Carry it. Never be ashamed of the word of God. Jesus, he that ashamed of me and my word in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will I also be ashamed when I come in my glory with the Father before the holy angels of heaven. Know the scriptures, brothers and sisters, and develop the ability to relate scripture to everyday life. You don't always have to give everyone a message on hellfire. You don't always have to tell them the, the awe of everything. But maybe whatever the subject is, but maybe whatever is uh, the issue at that time, just tell them what God's word has to say about that. And if you continue in my word, he says to his disciples, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. God bless you.